You're listening to Glee on the Rocks. Hello, welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I am Emily. And I'm B. And this is season four, episode 22. One, no, all or nothing. Jesus. All or nothing. <laughs> this is the season four finale of Glee. We made it. Holy shit. I actually did the math. We are 73% of the way through um, the series. <sighs> yep. Wow. This is episode 88 out of like 121, I think. Oh my God. Yeah. We can do it. We can do it. We can get there. It's kind of crazy. It is insane. It is crazy. It's exciting. That's so far past the halfway point. I know. It is exciting. I mean, it's exciting that the SAG after strike is done and that they Ooh. got terms that were acceptable. Really exciting. It's exciting to be 75% of the way done with the Glee. It's, it's really interesting to be at this point of Glee now because once again, we're in the place where it's like uh, my brain. I don't remember any of this. I don't remember these characters that are side <laughs> people. I don't remember these plots. I mm-hmm. only remember the clean stuff because I've seen the gifts a thousand times and everything right. else is like brand new to me again. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's fun. But it's also like these characters said this. <laughs> it is. No. Yeah, it was jarring. I'll say this episode. <laughs> a lot of the dialogue. I literally wrote what the fuck probably 10 <laughs> times in my notes because I was like, what the I mean, Glee always had absurd dialogue, but they really cranked it up to 11 in this episode. Someone wrote this down on paper? On purpose? It was one, it was, um, Ian Brennan wrote it down on paper. Fucking A. I I know we blame Ryan Murphy for a lot of things, but there are two other white men involved. And they're the, they are the ones who, who made the the bad choices this episode. It was Ian and Brad. Yeah. And I, I feel like maybe we've been remiss in purely blaming Ryan Murphy, but we do also have to blame Ian and Brad. And I think perhaps they get away with a lot because they don't have the name recognition that Ryan Murphy does. On Tumblr, we used to always say R.I.B. It was all R.I.B. They all they all share the blame. But you're they right do. out in out in the world with the with the non um, the people who didn't uh, survive the war that was Glee <laughs> Tumblr fandom. R.I.B. probably doesn't mean much to them. It but doesn't. It does, it does to us. Yeah. Yeah. They're responsible for their war crimes. I think if we could just take a moment to remember that it is all three of them who did this. Yes. So let's just uh, light them all on fire. <laughs> they all must pay <laughs> for some of this tragedy. <sighs> the quick rundown of this episode is it's time for regionals and the Glee Club is more determined than ever to advance to nationals because oh fuck we still have to go to nationals are they <laughs> are Sorry. they you're not wrong <laughs> uh meanwhile britney returns with a new attitude this episode aired may 9th 2013 literally over 10 years ago over wow. 10 years ago wow oh, shit yeah i don't know what they're saying glee club is more determined than ever that's patently false um the Glee club is dropping like flies there were multiple of them they didn't know if they were going to show up to regionals so Mm -hmm. and uh, like you did the choreography and arrangements and all the practicing and you don't know if they're going to show up to perform like that that's not exactly giving um you know we're dedicated and hungry and want to live up to the legacy they picked the songs yesterday (laughs) Exactly. They can't have possibly done the dance choreography in time. How did they not run into each other? This is they're not determined. And Glee really turned its um suspense of of belief like up to a even higher level this episode because I just need to say it before I even get into it. Acapella 
and show choir are two different <laughs> things. They do not overlap. Mm-hmm. Just like if you went to an acapella competition, you wouldn't see the New Directions fucking doing meatloaf. Okay, that would not be a thing. You wouldn't go to a show choir competition and see some dudes in tuxes singing acapella. That's weird. That's not a thing. If you want yeah. to make an acapella show, make another show. Or even, goddamn, like oh, Rachel and Kurt could have gotten into acapella at, at college. Acapella is a much bigger thing in college than high school. It's not a high school thing. What's um, the well-known one? The Whiff and Poofs that they kind of yes. base all this shit off of? That's an acapella yeah. group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they wear suits and stuff, yeah. So mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of great acapella groups that um, the Nor'easters, I think, is one. That's a great name. I think that's their name. Um, my wife, like, literally listens to their music, like, along with all her other music. Like, they record professionally mm-hmm. their acapella pieces. Like, they're really good. It's a whole thing. See Pitch Perfect 1, 2, and 3, but especially the first <laughs> one. Um is pretty yeah. dedicated, you know, pretty similar to what acapella is. But I was just pissed when I saw that group. I was like, that's, mm-mm. you can't have it both ways, R.I.B. That's not a thing. So aren't they the ones that slipped into this competition because another group dropped out or something? Yes. Um, so- <laughs> I'm trying to see what their names are. We got the Waffle Toots Waffle and the Hoosier toots. Daddies. There you go. Yeah, the Waffle Toots. Like, yeah. Because they knew about the Hoosier Daddies. They had mentioned them a few episodes mm-hmm. prior. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the um, the American Idol, uh, Rachel 3.0, is the lead vocalist God in that damn one. she can sing. Jessica Sanchez is an yeah. actress. Yeah. She's amazing. Because mm-hmm. um, there's all the, the, the other vocalists in the groups that don't make it for very long in the show are always Rachel stand-ins. Literally. But, but they don't stick around. You've got Gerber Baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> always the one that they sent off to the the crack house yep sunshine yep sunshine mm-hmm. uh and then then frida romero they're all it's so true they're all brunettes and they're all tiny yep and big voice like powerhouse vocals wow mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all rachel stand-ins and they don't last because they can't have anyone competing with rachel literally that's why mm-hmm. they they like diluted marley so much even though she totally has the voice like small body Big voice, brown hair. They just made her personality so freaking people pleasy and timid. Mm-hmm. We see what you're doing, Glee. You can't hide from us. We know who you are. They have one. They have one blueprint, and they just they just keep going back to it. Nothing. Yeah, but new. every time they xerox it, it gets a little worse. <laughs> you're right. Oh, every man. copy of the copy is a little fuzzy. Is a little worse. It's not quite right. Uh, before we get to regional, should we? kind of go through what happened in this episode before we end on regionals yeah because some crazy fucking shit happened um so we got britney back <laughs> britney's back to leave again and oh my god <laughs> the very first scene they showed i'm like oh heather morris is so pregnant <laughs> i guess it was the second scene but like you could obviously tell yeah i think it might have been funny if they hadn't tried to hide it at all i know just like I'd a tight just- shirt <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like i had a really big lunch yeah I just went to Del Taco or something. (laughs) So she's meeting with the Dean of Mathematics at MIT because they're a little confused that she got a near perfect score on her SATs. Which, by the way, didn't she get that because she just like filled in the circles to make a pattern? Am I remembering that right? Okay, okay. That was right. Yeah. But she has a a 0.2 GPA. Oh, God. So they have her take a math test to see if she's like MIT material, but she scored a perfect zero and she filled out the (laughs) test in crayon. I hate when they, I mean, it's, I'm so conflicted. Like, is this funny or is it not? 
which is the Britney problem in this show. This episode specifically, almost every single thing, it was nothing was funny that was supposed to be funny. It was just like, what the fuck? And this was yeah. one of the first ones where I was like, if they're going to set up this plot that like, okay, Brittany can never do well in her classes, but she's a secret genius. But And they go the math route. Like, why not go some other route? An art mm-hmm. genius, a, a writing or, or something. They're like, oh, she's a math genius, but she got a zero on the math test. I don't understand. They're like, you don't know basic arithmetic. She doesn't know basic arithmetic, but she scribbled a bunch of shit on the back of the test that somehow equal out to the Britney code, the most important scientific breakthrough in the 21st century. And it's somehow, what is it, Avogadro's number, constant. the point constant, and yeah. one and something else, all the numbers of pi or some shit. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not neurotic enough to actually fact check that, but like that can't be true, right? Who <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Like like the person who wrote all those numbers on the page didn't actually like fact check that, right? I'm going to assume <laughs> not. I, I refuse. I mean, I'd hate uh, – we're going to probably get called out on this because like what kind of fact checking is a Glee podcast going to do? Um, <laughs> if the first accurate thing that Glee has ever done is math equations written in crayon on the back of a test, that's true. fuck that. <laughs> No, you're so right. For the lack of continuity and just basic fact checking, aka acapella and show choir being two different things, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no fucking way. There's no a Glee Club way. winning they just some anything, having never practiced a day in their life. The, yeah, I, can these kids <laughs> even be on pitch? Do they? Can any of them sing? I don't know. I don't know. Do we know? There's no way to tell. Um, but yeah, I was really confused by like, okay, all these numbers we can recognize that there's these three or four different like math sequences there. Okay, whatever. And because of that, it, and and Brittany was just like, oh, there were all these numbers in my head and I needed to like get them out. Like mm-hmm. that's why I wrote them all down. They were just like buzzing around in my head or whatever. And then they're like, you may be an Einstein level genius. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense because even if she knows the numbers instinctually, she can't do anything with them. Yeah. She can't do the math that derived these constants. Like, What, what is she going to do in class? Right. It's like she's just going to give them numbers. How are they going to know the significance of them? This is the only math skill she's ever demonstrated is apparently she just visualizes numbers that are then significant. How are you going to know what they're significant for? They're just going to study this, the Britney code, and just find more significance to it and just like Mm -hmm. retcon it. I don't know. This is giving like monkeys on a typewriter kind of theory. Like Totally. (laughs) If you write enough numbers on a piece of paper, you'll see some patterns. (laughs) It's giving Heather Morris needed some time off to have a baby. (laughs) This is what they did. And it made it even sillier because of this time dilation BS. So it's like not actually the end of the school year, but she's going to go to college. Yeah, she's getting early admission, early, early admission into MIT, which I don't think she even applied to. They just found her no, with just, her yeah. SAT. <laughs> Fuck all those other kids who have been studying their whole lives to get into MIT. Yeah, they didn't Who's have the Britney code. They didn't have the Britney code. That's so true. Who's paying for this? I feel like, like they could have done something different to write Heather Morris off. Have her like go join a cruise ship <laughs> performance or something. Hell yeah. Or she's like, I have to go into witness protection because she witnessed a crime. Like I would believe yeah. that. Yeah. That would be the yeah. right level of glee absurdity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her cat did something. Yeah. And- Lord Tubbington committed a crime. Exactly. And now she has yeah. to go into witness protection. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Lord Tubbington committed a crime with – 
the, the cheese from the fu- yes absolutely yeah and then she has to she has to go but i'm uh, i can see they they were trying to give her like a like a perfect emotional closure send off i'm guessing cuz she they she was never going to come back or that's what it gives like nobody yeah. else got this good of a send off glee wiki told me this is also the last episode for joe and sugar until like the end of season six they didn't get an emotional send off which which you don't get at all from this even though not again it's not the end of the school year are they just yes <laughs> gone and they've been gone for several episodes too because there's a one point in the beginning where will's like oh we're joe and sugar here and then they're like yes mr shoe and everybody mm-hmm. starts clapping and it's like yeah they've been gone for episodes yeah they're just no they're just gone <laughs> and maybe they're in their they other explain, classes right and glee's an after school club so i guess maybe i feel like they should say something like i remember that time they were like that asian bird flu that tina blow mm-hmm. and wang had like i'll never forget that line right and so uh you know, maybe they got in school suspension or like, I feel like Joe could be like, my mom made me practice my Bible verses. Right. Yes. I got in trouble or something. But no, they're yeah. just like, oh yeah, they're back. It's fine. I- Anyways. <laughs> there's, there's no logicking it out. No, there's not. You just, sometimes you just nod and smile. You're like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I suspend definitely. my disbelief. I suspend my disbelief. <laughs> I keep saying it, I'll remember it. Like, Brittany absolutely knows the 95 theses to nail to Coach Roz's door as she quits the Cheerios. Like, that's absolutely a thing that she knows. Totally. Having failed every class she's ever attended. So, totally. She does get called into a meeting with Sue and Shu, I think, just to have conversations with the adults. Um, Well, no, Sue needed to get her placenta out of the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) I did like Mr. Shu's face acting for that one. Yes. Although this comes later after because they want to talk about her attitude. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we can circle back to Brittany's attitude or just talk about it. I don't know. Because then we'd have to like circle all the way back. Well, like that's what happens, right? They're like, everybody's in the choir room and they're talking about regionals and oh, regionals is going to be in our auditorium. And, you know, the theme for this week is all or nothing. And then Brittany's like, yeah, all or nothing. I'm just going to start yelling at everyone yeah she so because she's gotten into mit and now she's the baddest bitch in town she wants all of the solos forever (laughs) and apparently everything else because she's now the brightest scientific mind since albert einstein and that owes her the the solos somehow Right. And she also is like just unhinged. Like Sam is like, whoa, whoa. And then she breaks yeah. up with him by text message in front of everyone. Also yeah, in she, front of him. <laughs> yeah. She tells Blaine that he's shorter than the average lawn gnome. <laughs> she tells Marley all of her songs are shit and then breaks up with Sam via text, right? In front of everybody. Oh, and her and Artie reprise My Cup for a second there. So For a hot sec, they do My Cup, My Cup, which was <laughs> beautiful because everyone was kind of like into it. Yeah, I did like that. I, I was I was also into it for like a minute. And that's um, immortal classic glee. I love the nod to it. I love it. Yeah. Just to take a moment in in the glee club, regionals is let's say that week, right? They know it's gonna be at McKinley. Oh, it was the nun touchables getting oh, yes. replaced. Which <laughs> <laughs> because they got excommunicated by the Pope. Incredible. <laughs> Yes, um, so the nun touchables, the waffle toots, and the who's your daddies, and, and the, the nude daddies. erections. So and you know, 
that's the that's the glee shit i like yeah that is the funny names are incredible uh this is when mr schuster um coach of the year says that they've finalized the set list a, oh, a week before you know i didn't they're gonna write be- that down i it, the absurdity is just par for the course now to me yeah <laughs> so they're singing hall of fame i love it and then marley's original song all or nothing Please remember that the theme of regionals is dreams. It's dreams. So I literally said that. I was like, what does I don't care have to do with dreams? That is my question for you. And I suppose anyone listening. I, I guess standing in the Hall of Fame, like that's aspirational. Yeah, that one, that one I get. I can kind of feel that. But like all or nothing, I she put it. the word dreams in the lyrics. She... Sure. To make it fit. No. I, I heard like, that part. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to give that one like a four out of 10 on the theme scale, but like, yeah. I love it. I guess it's like, it's sort of a fantasy of like, I'm going to throw your shit and crash my car into a bridge. Like, you wouldn't actually do that. Um, so I guess that's the, it's more of a fantasy than a dream, maybe. He, of breaking up with your boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> and crashing your car? <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't and know. It's even like the rainbow connection. Is that even? Oh yeah, like, that's so true too. And then clarity and wings. Yeah, I don't really see it. Not like, a single person anyone... sang a song about dreams. No. And even, I mean, again, dreams can be like aspirational. They can be, but the clarity song is about like, if our love is tragedy, why are you my remedy? Like, what are we? Is this? What, did, you know what this? No means. one did the assignment. Shoes, Twitter thread intel was false (laughs) i guess it was like it must have been like sue sylvester in a burner account or something well i think the real the real um theme of of regionals is 2013 pop (laughs) exactly right between hall of fame i love it clarity i just i think that's what we're doing here yeah i mean that makes sense so yeah, so I was like, when he listed off the songs, I went, um, no. The theme is what will sell on iTunes. Yes, that is 100% correct. Yeah, that's silly. Um, so that's when Britney shows up with her terrible ass attitude being like, I'm going to do all of the solos. Right, because we haven't picked who's doing any of the solos. Right, correct. Right, in, in a week before you have to perform in the fight of their lives, uh, you haven't picked... They're so committed. They're so committed. So (laughs) committed that two of your members haven't been in class the whole week anyway. Yeah, Uh, it's fine. What is this fucking show? I know. It's like, I love how absurd Glee can be, but they forget the whole point of the the whole, like the central conceit of the show. It's like, if you're going to have a kooky, zany show, like Community, for example, an mm-hmm. excellent kooky, zany show, but they never forget like the core of the show. Like they do all kinds of weird shit and they, and you never feel like it's actually out of place because it's right. like they don't forget like the relationships of the characters and like who each person actually is and how they interact with each other. Like this, it's so frustrating because it's like, mm, you can't just you've got a huge cast of characters which i understand is is tough compared to mm-hmm. a show like community that had a smaller cast of characters but like you can't you're just giving britney a new personality this episode for what for 30 minutes of silly until exactly like yep i don't know it's it's it is frustrating like she quits the cheerios right like burns her uniform that's so mm-hmm. not something britney would do 
Yeah, she and, loved being a Cheerio. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense why she did. And she like pulled Sue down with her. Like her 95 Theses thing is just all this like scandalous stuff that Sue Sylvester did. Mm-hmm. Like she was always one of the most loyal to Sue. And then so she gets pulled into that meeting with Sue and Shu. Yeah. About her attitude. And well, and then makes them come on fondue for two to really <laughs> talk to them. <laughs> and outs the two of them. One, she asks Shu if he plans on having kids or continuing to have weirdly intimate relationships with students, which snap. Yeah. And then outs Sue's baby daddy for being Michael Bolton. And she has a folder folder full of evidence, which I was like really impressed by. So why can't that be her superpower? Yeah. Why can't she like start a true crime podcast or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why can't she just be like weirdly perceptive in ways that nobody has ever noticed and not math? Literally. She doesn't need to be an Einstein level genius. Like it's just ridiculous. Can just be weirdly fucking perceptive because no one ever pays attention to her. Yes. So she's paying attention to everybody else. Maybe she got recruited. Instead, she would get like recruited by the FBI or something. Like that yeah. I think makes more sense. She cracks the code on Michael Bolton and that like attracts the attention. And Sue's like, I'm going to put you in touch with like my friend from the CIA. Right. That yeah. makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. The unassuming yeah. Idiot savant type. She's just been f- filing information away in her head and making oh, all yeah. these she, connections. I love that. She's got a burn book on everybody. Love it. There we go. I like this better. Sorry, Glee. We've fixed just, it again. I'm just, I'm just putting my own reality over. <laughs> we've fanned right over the top That's of right. canon yet again. <laughs> I have to make it make sense. I can't live like this. <laughs> being so goddamn confused by everything 10 years later i still can't live like this i know can't live like this and so speaking of things we can't live like fucking writer and his stupid bullshit well should we finish the britney storyline you want to come back oh yes no no we can we can ride her out well i was just gonna say and then sam has to call for backup he does which i delighted in because i'm always happy to see santana yes i missed her in the last few episodes she's been i know she has Sam calls out to to New York to calls out like it's I don't even know. I just pictured him in a switchboard like dialing out to New York. Um, he calls <laughs> up Santana to get some help from the person who probably knows Brittany the best, which was very perceptive and very nice of him. Yeah, I did. I do believe Sam genuinely loves Brittany. I think so. Their relationship yeah. has been so convoluted. It, totally. Yeah. So. I think I think so too. And I think in another version of the show, they could probably have been a pretty good couple. Yeah. I just think Brittany and Santana are like it. Yeah. Agreed. It's hard to hard to get between them. So of course, even though I think she has no money and time doesn't exist, <laughs> Brittany or uh, Santana comes home to Ohio to do a fondue for two with Brittany to help talk her through what is happening. Brittany says you got on the Lima Express straight from New York. And I was like, there is a Lima Express, isn't there? There's one from LA. There's one from New York. There's one. From there must be. I, is, I don't know if it's like a bullet train or a Concorde jet. They've, they've actually cracked teleportation. Yeah. There's just, there's a pad somewhere in that apartment in Bushwick that goes right to the high school. Yeah, you just materialize right back. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, And it's probably why they all get a little dumber every time as their molecules are getting jumbled up. (laughs) 
Their they brain don't cells get put did not end up back in the same place. No, they get a little jumbled every time. That makes sense. That checks out. And it's that's the science that MIT is really working on with Brittany. But yeah, it was nice to see Santana come back and try to talk talk some sense into Brittany. And she gets to go to regionals. Yeah. Because I'm sure that's what she wanted. Frankly, I was surprised they didn't just pull her into the performance as well. Literally, like they did with Grease TBT. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Kurt is there too. So why didn't they just pull the alums in and like slap some outfits on them and be like, hey, you're here. Yeah, for real. I mean, the choreography, they just learned it 20 minutes ago. You can't mm-hmm. see. Why not them? Well, I, I feel Santana. like they've broken enough rules. So yeah. Why, what's one more? Um, I was just going to say Santana did succeed because Brittany shows up and everybody's like, oh my God, you're here. Like mm-hmm. they didn't even know if she was going to show up. <laughs> they didn't, didn't they rehearse together? I, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know. If they were so shocked, you're right. If they were so shocked that Brittany showed up at regionals, then she has not rehearsed the entire week. Right. Is she just going to, she's going to catch the choreography. It's fine. She'll just get it on stage. It's fine. And if she's, I'm assuming she's their dance captain. Was she not teaching them the choreography? Well, you know, Mike Chang was still there. So I guess he did the choreography. Was he? He was. I I only saw him in the show circle because I saw everybody else. And I was like, what the fuck? They brought Mercedes back again. Oh, okay. He was there. I did see him. He was there. Okay. Okay, good. He was there. there. (laughs) I was worried. Yeah. Who's teaching these kids? Because it's not Shu. This goddamn show. He needs a lot of help. Really does. Because he was a little busy this week. And Brittany gives like a very emotional show circle speech. She does. Like a long one. Like a lot of the episode was just her like going around the circle saying nice stuff to people. Yeah, this was absolutely for like Heather Morris and the fans. Yeah. Like those were real tears. Everybody was crying. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, it's hard to hate on that. I think that was for the fans for Heather Morris to be like, this is probably the end end for me. Right. Whether or not I come back for a couple one-off episodes. So right. here's my here's my chance. That's true. And she did have a lot of storylines compared to other characters. Like she was a really a major character. So one of the OGs. I know. From the very first episode. Starting to drop like flies here. Although Glee Wiki points out she didn't not mention Kurt, Rachel, Quinn, Puck, or Finn. <laughs> ouch talking about and kurt was there so that's extra ouch <laughs> i mean it is it is britney do you think she noticed that's true probably not she had the whole unicorn thing i don't know i wonder if there was a longer edit and they just cut some of it out they must have they like fuck kurt <laughs> i mean i feel like the show was often like ah, fuck kurt i know it's travesty where's the we need the I don't know if it's the well yeah I said it would be the director's cut we don't want the Ryan Murphy cut we want the director's cut yeah get Adam Shankman in there to recut things yeah I trust him at adamshankman.com release (laughs) the 10 year old director's cut of Glee everything old is new again they're revamping and rebooting everything let's let's just do a recut I think yeah cool well so considering when we're recording these Darren Chris just did get asked about a reboot Re- reboot remake of glee yes and and did have some very good points about it being uh something that exists in a specific time and, and place and that i think it would be incredibly hard to remake uh and keep the th- the thing that made it glee without being fucking weird 
And I agree with him to some extent because a lot of the storylines would not work nowadays. Like in this episode, again, we've got all the like marriage equality talk um, again. And, you know, this is 2013 Mm -hmm. and um, 2015 is when like it was uh, the Supreme Court uh, ruled that it was legal everywhere. So like, sure, there are storylines that wouldn't work. But I would argue that the the formula of Glee is like you got a bunch of talented kids mm-hmm. and a bunch of complicated interpersonal relationships. And I feel like that could work in any time or place. Yes, I think so. I just I worry though that a way the way a lot of shows get written now is that like every segment would be like, how can we make this ready for TikTok? Mm. Like how how do we yeah, the make song selections would probably be even worse. Yeah, how do we how do we make this clippable for for social media rather than how how did this accidentally become memeable? Yeah, that's true. Because as ridiculous as the dialogue was, and there was a lot of duds in this episode, uh, I I feel like they weren't necessarily writing it to be like something that people would pick up. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't writing for like quippy little one liners that could just apply to any situation, like. They, they they were absurd and very situational. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest lines that came out of Glee that I remember, like the first thing that just came to my mind right now was just courage. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say, who is Josh Groban? Kill yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that Sorry. and also, no, she's dead. This is her son. Yeah, yeah. Those are, I don't know that a writer is in there like, you know what? Ironic Kids are going to, there's nothing ironic about show choir. I don't think that that's a line that's written with someone going you know what i want 13 year olds to quote on the internet right, exactly no she's dead this is her son yeah exactly you know like people making courage bracelets is maybe somewhat ex- not expected but not unsurprising right but now i feel like you'd see a show like glee and either be so annoyed by its sincerity or it would be well, I think they would probably try to euphoria it a little bit, mm-hmm. which I think would annoy – well, it would annoy me because it was like, I, please don't make them do that. Right. <laughs> That's not what I want from these children whatsoever or really really try hard to make it memeable. Yeah, I was going to say one thing Glee never was was hashtag relatable or even, no. really, or even really that aspirational. Like, Mm-mm. you know, it was just really its own absurd little thing. And I like yeah. that. I did too. Yeah. Because they're, you know, we make fun of it for being fucking crazy, but the stuff that worked so well were the moments that were absurd but good, right? In like this really weird, kind of indefinable way. Well, it's uh, like when you build your own universe like that, like you can be absurd within that universe. Like mm-hmm. case in point, the guy on the warblers who was like juicing up like they were using steroids like that's so <laughs> yes. ridiculous no high school show choir would ever use steroids but in the glee universe like that made sense these kids were cutthroat and he was like well, i'm gonna make the yeah. warblers great at all costs and i'm super rich like it made sense for the show but it would never make sense in real life like that's not a ripped from yeah. the, from the headline story and when they tried to do ripped from the headline stories they didn't work like it was mm-hmm. weird so Hunter Hunter yelling about Splenda at a press conference. Like pencils. Incredible. Uh, a school shooting episode? Terrible. Terrible. Totally. And so that's it, where I, I agree and disagree with Darren. I do think it was its own thing in its own time. I but I do think the 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 
the the conceit of the show is good. Like mm-hmm. if maybe they just like actually practiced. Yeah, if it was like a, I think it needs to be a tiny bit more realistic, like just a mm-hmm. tiny bit. Like the I feel like the, that's where I'm like the core part of the show needs to be there, and I at least the relationships could have had more like continuity and like mm. the, <laughs> the character development could have been actually sustained and not just like yeah. here or there depending on the plot poor Quinn right you know if that I think had been tightened <laughs> up yeah no all of this other kind of absurdity the absurdity should be more external you know Tina knocking her head and everybody switches places like that is something we mm. can roll with if like the core of the show is really there and I feel like right. sometimes they miss the core of the show. Like I just listened to the episode you and Adriana did and y'all were totally right that like Rachel Berry is just Leah Michelle now. Yeah. So you're fucking with the whole conceit of the show. She's the main character from episode one and now she's a totally different person. Her personality is different. So it just, it kind of makes this whole season a little hollow. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Absurd, but not... <sighs> absurd but not it's got to be absurd like in the right limits you know like there's still a world that you built it's got to be you know barbara streisand um flash mob in the mall like that i I believe yes you know yeah (laughs) well yeah yeah. and mentioning quinn for bray doesn't doesn't she get like early admission into yale too like aren't they just repeating that i don't well she didn't go early (laughs) she didn't like leave high school early to go Um, But I don't know when she got her acceptance in like a real timeline kind of thing. But I think she did know earlier than pretty much anybody else did where she was Mm -hmm. going. So, But um, I work at a university and there are students who already have their decision and have already decided to go to our school right now in November. So, Well, have you made them submit song and dance routine? (laughs) Not yet. That's later. No, but um, we're not Yale. I I don't know when when Yale gets out its earliest decisions, but... um, at least some schools do give out decisions this early. Mm. So I don't know. Well, as long as they're not drawing in crayon on the back of a math test. <laughs> yeah, the crayon was really the issue. <laughs> like, why does she write in crayon now? That was not a season one Britney thing. Like, it was just like <sighs> season like three and four. Yeah. They're like, oh, she writes in crayon all the time. Like, what? Uh, she's dumb. Like, she, <laughs> don't she's do that. not just even dumb. She's childlike. And that's what's childlike. fucked up. If she was just dumb, like, there's a bunch of, you know, Karen from Mean Girls and stuff like that. Those right. characters are fun. Like, <laughs> they're, but they're always like, a little bit they're a little bit more street smart and lovable Mm -hmm. exactly like yes the street smart of like being intuitive exactly yeah of her being able to like pick out moments when characters are in a crisis and saying the right thing if that had been her ongoing totally yes because like she did with kurt and the whole unicorn and the thing you know Mm -hmm. like there were definitely times where she like reached out to help people when they didn't ask and it was just like her being intuitive that would totally made sense apparently she's also intuitive with numbers (laughs) (laughs) Goodwill Brittany? Yeah. It's the title of the episode. A beautiful Brittany. <laughs> a beautiful Brittany. A Brittany mind. <laughs> yeah. Let's just keep going. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. <laughs> well, I guess that's glee for you. Anyways, love Heather Morris. Thank you for your service. Thank you for sur- for your service. We have loved your dancing. Um, really have enjoyed your improvements in singing and that you got to do that. Um, that can't have been easy knowing the caliber of some of the singers on the on the cast. Truly. So good job for, for you. And we'll miss fondue for two. I'm so glad we got multiple episodes of it in this episode. That's what we deserved. Yes, it is. Uh, we don't deserve Ryder and, and Katie. Oh, fuck this stupid storyline. I can't believe it's like not I, over. I know we have to talk about it, but like, can we just 
very quickly say Ryder refuses to perform at regionals until the catfish reveals themselves. Marley steps up and says that she's the catfish, but she's lying. After his violent outburst, by the way. Super, he, he kicks a chair like he's Finn. Like he's screaming at everyone. Yeah. It's terrifying. And then uh, super quickly, Unique reveals that it's actually them. Yeah. Like, let's just roll right through the storyline because I'm so sick of it. Because we're tired. Yeah. Unique confesses to Ryder that, that they are the catfish. Be- and and it's, I don't want to say simply because, but it's because they think that they're not the right kind of beautiful and that they've kind of been into Ryder for a while um, for some fucking reason. Like, ew. Yeah. Like, why? Why are you into Ryder? Because he's a white boy? Literally. I, I guess he's single and he's kind of cute. That's all I got. Not with that hair no i mean and okay and again of. this is what this is what bothers me on tv shows sometimes is that it makes it sound like these are the only people in the school they know literally <laughs> you're telling me unique has never seen another boy in this school who's attractive and nice remember that time mercedes dated that other football player that's like the first and yeah. last time that anybody talked to anyone who wasn't in yeah. the league club let's say there are a thousand students in the school and there are probably more because as far as we know, there are no other high schools in Lima. Okay. But my small town, we only had like four. No, I guess we had a thousand. Uh, I guess we had a thousand. Okay. I take it back. Is Lima uh-huh. a small town? I don't know. A thousand Google, is no, what, a thousand. You're right. I take it back. What say you? What say you Google about Lima, Ohio population? You have, okay. Well, maybe. <laughs> What's the population? You have. 36,000 people. Okay, Yikes. so that's about the ta- size of the town I grew up in, and we probably had roughly 1,000 at our single high school. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're not wrong. Let's... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to correct you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. I don't know shit about small towns. Uh, I live in a big one. Let's say you – well, I live in a medium-sized one. Let's say mm-hmm. you have 1,000 kids in your high school. You're telling me Ryder is the only one you have a crush on? There's just no way. Let's say you have five or six class six classes a day. Ryder's the only one who's cute in your class? Literally. Because you you know Unique has to go to other classes. She cannot just go to fucking Glee Club. It's just like the rule that it has to be incestuous. Yes. This is an unwritten rule. <laughs> it's like the doctors on Grey's Anatomy only yeah. dating other doctors. <laughs> Stop it. And no, Grey's Anatomy did the same thing like in the earlier seasons. They they it semi-regularly had contact with like other doctors who weren't surgeons yeah. and then it mm-hmm. like they gave up <laughs> they were it just, just like stopped. yeah it's all incestuous now i stop it you you meet um waitresses and you meet uh i don't know how people meet other people i i don't do that but <laughs> <laughs> librarians i don't know no, in a high school, it's so easy to meet. They they used to really keep up the charade that there were other people that go mm-hmm. to this school. But I guess once they went to, you know, splitting the episode with New York, there was no time. I, I guess. But yeah, this for because we've complained take- about this before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll complain about it again. But this is so dumb. I hate the storyline. It just makes people feel bad. Yeah. And uh, why? Like Unique has enough personal issues and personal drama yes that why do we have to do this to her as well she has been why beat down this season beat down why can't she have something nice literally because you know like was there when you 
first watched this, was there ever a moment where you're like, man, maybe Ryder is actually going to like her for her? No. No. Not a single moment where you're going to be like, Ryder is going to look at her and go, oh my God, I do like you as a person. No. They they didn't set up anything for that to even be in the realm of possibility. Mm-mm. Do you think they moment. knew the whole time that it was going to be unique? Or was this a Gossip Girl situation where they didn't actually know who Gossip Girl was going to be till like the last season when they had to finally like pick? Is that true? Yeah, you I've literally never seen that? Gossip Girl. Oh, the okay. So you I, can spoil it because I'm never going to watch I it. I don't so. know any of their names, so I can't tell you. I can't even spoil it for you because I have no okay. idea who the character names are. But yeah, it's one of the guys who turns out to be Gossip Girl. And when that happened, of course, all their fandom on Tumblr was ablaze, and there was yeah. this GIF of him by himself reading something that gossip girl posted and being like shocked like (laughs) like jumping out of his chair like covering his mouth like freaking out by what she said and it's incredible your gossip girl so that's where everybody's like they didn't fucking know who gossip girl was going to be they just like (laughs) love it and i think pretty little liars did the same thing with a they were just like i don't know everybody's a there's like 50 a's you know yeah I maybe anyway. I think this is one we'd have to ask the writers and be like, did you plan this? Or were you like, we'll eventually figure out who the most shocking catfish right. is. Let's rewrite this storyline too. Um, I think it would have been better if it was like Kitty being mean. And if she was yeah. like, I started it to be mean and then I really like got to know you as a person and then I, I couldn't stop, you know, yeah. and I'm really sorry. And, and totally. it was like a humanizing moment for her. I think that would have been way better. I can also see her doing it to be mean. Yeah. Well, no, she right? could have like, just said, ha ha. That's true. She could have like not regretted it. Just been like, yeah, and fuck you. Yeah. I can see her starting it to be mean and then coming to a realization because she's had some other moments in the season where she does or says something kind of nice. Right. So it could be part of a longer trajectory of her not being such a twat. Yes. Um, yeah, that would be like, fine. I should have told you, but I didn't know how. Yeah. Everyone already hates me. I didn't want to add to it. Yep. Totally. I just don't think it needed to be another, a character who's already had so much crap piled on them. And it kind of feels like when you have like the one trans character. Yes. Why are they the one being deceptive? It's like the, it's the LGBT characters specifically that have to go through so many goddamn hardships. Like stuff just Mm -hmm. can't be easy or celebrated or one it just always has to be difficult yeah yeah can't just be a love story it can't just be a high school story it has to be a fucking tragedy every time yep it happens to blaine it happens to kurt um santana and Brittany don't have the easiest time as a relationship they break up get back together (laughs) of course i guess finn hit someone with his car but like you know whatever it's not the same (laughs) It doesn't, you know, like, it's always the LGBTQ characters. And now it unique. Is. And it's especially shitty because, like, Ryan Murphy, and I'm assuming all of R.I.B., but I don't actually know, identify as gay men. And they don't. Not all three of Remember, them. Remember, um, which one? One of, them, one of them married Gwyneth Paltrow. What? Huh? <laughs> Why am I just thinking <laughs> out about this? You didn't know this? Did they meet on the set? Of Glee? Uh, they might have done. Uh, it was Brad Falchuk married um, Gwyneth Paltrow in 2018. What? They they are technically still married, but they did do a, I believe, a conscious uncoupling. Oh, ah. Uh, 
at some point. I think they did. I, I feel like I remembered that happening. But yes, they uh yes, he he married um goop guru and ski aficionado. Wow. Okay. Um I also need to apologize because Bradley Buker is who directed this episode, not Brad Falchuk. I just can't um. read um or remember anything. Mm-hmm. So um apologies to the one Brad and fuck you to the other Brad. <laughs> you'll never know which one i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, well we do but yes um, <laughs> um oh you know what i just i just double checked they did meet on the set of glee in wow. 2010 but they didn't start dating until 2014 and then got married in 2018 well goddamn, you learn something new every day that's crazy yeah, yeah. Um, okay well then I don't know who's in this writer's room and I don't know who's coming up with these plot lines, but fuck you for giving all the difficult ones to the gay and trans characters because it's always them. Case in point, hashtag Glee hates bisexuals. Why did Brittany break up with Sam and then say, I miss my sweet, sweet lady kisses? That was bullshit. Sorry, I forgot to say that earlier. Because they don't know what they're doing. Like, it felt like because Brittany and Heather were leaving the show for the foreseeable future they had to get a sweet 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 lady kisses in one last time like just the phrase just the phrase yeah Yeah. just to remind you that she's bisexual yeah she could have just been like i'm a strong bisexual woman yeah like why do you have Mm -hmm. to make it like i'm leaving this man because i miss being with a woman because they're stupid (laughs) and we love writers like as people as creative writers but what are you doing with these characters I don't know. Treat them better. Know. They, you know, what we think about all the time is the picture of those writer's rooms from this yes. time period. And every, you already know, and every single room is covered in note cards and whiteboards filled with stuff and all kinds of stuff. And the glee walls are blank. They're blankety blank. Blank. Not a single note. Like the inside of Ryan Murphy's soul. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing there. Unlike the inside of his bank account. (laughs) Oh, man. Are we jealous? Yes. To be a white man in America. The goal. No. I would not. Um, So obviously, circling back, uh, Ryder refuses uh, Unique and also says that he's not going to perform. Well, he'll... He comes around to say that he'll perform at regionals, but is then going to quit the Glee Club because he's a little bitch. And to that, I say, is that a promise? I know. Like, are you, are you promising? <laughs> are you promising you not to come back well. next season, please? <laughs> yeah. So you're leaving too. So sad. Oh, Bye. Crying tears. Mm, this is awful. <laughs> I'll miss you. <laughs> should we talk about something better? We should. We should talk about Blaine. Blaney. Blaney. Blaney days. Blaney days. There, I couldn't couldn't get there. <laughs> oh, we have just straight up skipped Rachel. <laughs> No, that's fine. We we'll, uh, well <laughs> okay. let's do Rachel first, and then you know, end okay. on 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 a high. Well, there's also a shoot, but anyways, um, eh, is there though? He'll be the end. Yeah. Um, so Rachel is getting ready uh, still for her final callback. How many callbacks has and she done? This is number two. Uh, this three? Is number three. Well, this is her final callback. Yeah. And she has opted to sing "To Love You More" by Celine Dion. And there's um, a apparently string section. In this yeah. audition room, it's not a it's not a recording. It's a full string backing <laughs> and a penny um, whistle. Sh- <laughs> That's right, there is. <laughs> Which <you> got me. <laughs> um, 
I love the original song. There is a note in this version that like isn't quite right to the oh, original. Like I when I heard it, I was like, there's something she doesn't hit a note the same way Celine Diaz does. And I was like, mm, I don't like it. Hmm. Um, but I do love the song as a song. The silent judges are hilarious though. Just because she's just, like crying. It's not <laughs> during it. Running out of her nose. Yeah. And they're just like, thank you. Goodbye. We'll be in touch. Is this a song that you would have chosen for the role of Fanny Bryce? I was very confused why she wouldn't sing Funny Girl on her Funny Girl callback. Like, don't you want them to now see you as the part? Like, I got sort of in her first audition, like, you want to set yourself apart a little bit. Okay, fine. But now, like, it's you and, like, three other people or something. You know, what did I, I don't say? I why we lost her in somebody's ears. Yeah. Why wouldn't you sing oh, Funny Girl? Mammy. Um, I don't know why we don't see her doing any acting alongside these auditions. Yeah, her acting is just crying. Mm-hmm. She's not like performing no a scene from yeah, no scene, nothing. Mm-hmm. Just crying. Just just crying and singing Celine Dion. And like why why this song? Like, did Celine want on the show? I know, like if you if you step outside of like Glee Cannon, the reason she didn't sing Funny Girls, they're saving those songs for when she is in Funny Girl. Mm-hmm. They they never perform the same song more than once. You know, with a few caveats, uh, well, with a few caveats, yeah. but like typically if the New Direction sings some song and then she was like, that's going to be our regional song, you know, that's not true because they mm-hmm. just staged a full performance of that song. They're not going to do it again, probably. So, right. um, you know, 95% of the time, you, there are some exceptions, of course. So like, I think that's why she didn't sing Funny Girl. And I do think she, I mean, singing Celine Dion, I guess, does show off her range. Sure. And a lot of her songs are very emotional. Yes. Um, but besides that, emotion. I don't know. Seemed a little random. Like an, you know, it's an older song. It's not a new twenty, a new 2013 song. Um, <laughs> 10 years ago. Oh, my God. It's a new song 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't know. It was just like the first time I saw it. And like, we're doing Celine. Okay. No acting. Okay. Uh, carry on, Rachel. Carry on. That's, that's the whole thing. Just she sings and then that's it. That's that's her part in this episode. And uh, see you season five. Yep. Doodles. Look, maybe one day we'll try to be nicer to Rachel. I don't know. When she deserves it. Which will be <laughs> never. I mean, maybe season five podcast goals, be nice to Rachel. I, I can't make that promise. She's about to make a series of stupid ass decisions. You're right. It's not going to happen for us. I don't know how to be nice about that. I can't. I'm barely nice on a good day. Because let us not forget in this season, she and Kurt had the whole diva off thing where she found out he threw the note and she was like, I based all my confidence on that. This is supposed to be your best friend. I don't know that she has a single friend, let alone a best friend. Exactly. She's also someone who's never talked to anybody outside of the Glee Club. (laughs) Except for Jacob Ben Israel. She is now going to college. Does she have friends? Just those I mean, not that I made friends in college. Nasty gays. Those are the only people. And Cassie July. I mean, Cassie July is a good person to have on your side, but that's your professor. No, well, you know, when they did that thing where they all had the signs that were like, way to go, Rachel. They acted yeah. like they all were friends with her. So I don't know. Maybe they're just trying Name to kiss one of those students, Rachel. A future Broadway star. What are their names, Rachel? Yeah. Anyways. Blaine. Blaine days. Blaine tells his best bro, Sam, about his plan to propose to Kurt. And my boy, Sam is the only person on his side who's like, don't fucking do it. You're a child. Yeah. And I'm with Sam on this. 
And I know a lot of people are like, yay, Clayne. And I love me some Clayne, but like you are soft-brained children. You cannot get married. Well, let us, as soon as Blaine is like, I want you to be my best man, then he changes his mind. He's like, oh, well, that could be fun. (laughs) I know. And it's because he is also a soft-brained child. You're like 17. Stop it. I know. (laughs) Stop it. But you can't. But this is once again Glee wanting to move on to older storylines and not aging up their characters appropriately. And so I really blame the showrunners for this shit show. Because you're right, they are I, children. There's their children. One of them is potentially in college. I don't know that Niata counts as education. It seems to just be song and dance, and I don't know that they're actually learning any applicable skills other than song and dance. Is there an English class thrown in there somewhere? Anything? Because <laughs> I don't think they learned any of that at McKinley. So they're going to need it somewhere. Who needs English? It's fine. <laughs> well, when none of them get the jobs they expect. Oh, I know. But it's Glee. Uh, but it's Glee. Fine. They're going to um, all be huge superstars. Superstars. They are. You know what? You're certainly right in their <laughs> dreams. Because that's the theme. The theme. (laughs) So Blaine takes Tina ring shopping. And we do get the introduction of a delightful side character. Oh, we love Jan. The lesbian jeweler. She's the best. Yes, she is amazing. She is the worst kind of enabler because she's out here asking if Kurt is Blaine's soulmate. When she should be saying, go home and do your homework, you small child. (laughs) To be fair, Blaine looks 25. He really really does. She probably did not know. He's a smooth brain child. I mean, she doesn't know. No, he's a smooth brain. You're not wrong. (laughs) She does not know that frontal cortex is not yet fully formed. No, she just heard gay in in Lima and she was like, ooh. Yeah, she found another one. And she, you know, tells Blaine a lovely story about, you know, meeting her partner. Liz when they were 18 and Blaine's like yes um and she ends up asking Blaine if if he has anyone else gay to help like advise him and what she should be advising him is to not forget to ask Kurt out on a date rather than to get married I know I know because they are skipping some steps but she's just like Blaine she's like we're gonna get marriage equality soon yes which is amazing but maybe ask your ex-boyfriend out on a date before you ask him to marry you and he my buddy well we used to be he used to be my boyfriend but i'm in love with him blah 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 like that's when it's time to be like honey (laughs) sweetheart um maybe like get a coffee make sure he's not seeing anybody but it's fine instead he'll just ask her to come to breadsticks to double date with the lesbians yes they go on an amazing double date at breadsticks i love and I wish somehow that they had, like, made Breadsticks a bigger character than it is. I know. I feel like in season two, Breadsticks was almost the kind of location that becomes its own character. Right. And then it kind of fell off. Um, like, it's, it certainly could never be the level that the coffee shop and Friends is. Right. Because they're just not there enough. But I love when a location becomes a character. Yeah. So I really love that Jan and Liz are also, like, love at first sticks. And like they have a look, you know, they have a location. Yeah. But yeah, I I like the scene other than these two women need to be telling these two boys 
to slow their roll. Um, I really thought it was a beautiful like mentorship moment. You're right. It's, yes. it's if they were like five years older, even mm-hmm. it would be, totally. it would hit much different, but suspending my disbelief, I thought it was really great to have, I mean, they pointed out a rightful thing that Blaine doesn't really have any gay friends. Like Brittany no. is the only yeah. other, well, you've got Brittany and you've got unique who are the only other really LGBT characters. Yeah at McKinley period. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I really liked that they pointed that out and, you know, it was beautiful. It wasn't necessary. Was it necessary? Um, maybe not. Yeah. But I, this I is really why we like needed it. to keep Sebastian. I know. Even if they can't fuck, this is why we need to keep Sebastian <laughs> as another gay friend. Well, this goes with my theory that they wanted to bring Sebastian back to be Blaine's mid-game at some point. I know. And... Anyways, they never just fig- they just couldn't ever figure it out, could they? Um, Thanks, Grant. I know he's originating a Broadway role now. Can you believe? Sidebar: We're so happy for Grant Gustin for originating a Broadway role in Water for Elephants. That's incredible. Phantom on the Rock's trip to New York to see it. I would love that. Um, I'm just so pr- I feel like a proud parent, very parasocially, because like I remember when he got the part in Glee, they were like he worked so hard to be able to sing. Like he was always a good dancer, but he was never a yeah. good singer. But he like really put in the work to learn to sing. And mm-hmm. um, look at him now originating a Broadway role. I feel like a proud really parent. Exciting. He's older than yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> He's older. Uh, is he older? Speaking of feeling like a proud parent of someone who's older than me, um, Jan proposes to Liz at the breadsticks. She does. Although my note on this in my my notes is, please don't make that old lady kneel on the ground. (laughs) Don't don't make her do that. I didn't kneel when I proposed to my wife, but we were both sitting down, so it felt weird to kneel. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. I was like, get put a pad under. You're both sitting down. It's fine. Um, Just like. Bend or something. You don't have to. Please don't yeah, make fine. her do that. She's a legend. Don't don't do that. She's a legend. R.I.P. Yeah. And I loved like there was a moment uh, earlier when Darren had like a real smile mm-hmm. on his face. You, I don't know about other people who watch the show. Maybe it's just us fucking weirdos. But you can tell when it's like a Blaine smile and a Darren smile. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to be like obviously, but like obviously there's a difference, and maybe that makes us crazy. But there was a moment that it was a Darren smile and not a Blaine smile. And then there was a a nice little look that Blaine gave Kurt when the proposal happened. And I was like, Kurt's not even looking. (laughs) I know. I didn't see it. Then I was like, no, Emily, this is bad. Don't do it, Blaine. So obviously Blaine is going to do it eventually. But it'll be fine. We love it. It's silly, but we love it. It'll be emotional and beautiful and also absurd. <laughs> so, and also absurd. So it's pure it. glee. It's pure glee. Pure glee. It makes no reasonable logical sense. And yet you're like, all right, you got me. I hate you, but you got me. That's right. We uh, we come to regionals with the executive director of the Ohio State Supermax Penitentiary. Oh, my God. Which I had to write down because I loved it so much. Santana does call Emma out for wearing white, which is not her lucky color. Or is it? Right, and Emma's like, or is it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm, why is she wearing white? What's she doing here? Well, that's not the only merit. Uh, so the rest of this episode for, uh, what is it, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, is uh, music. Yep, just back-to-back performances. 
just performance city. We got the Waffle Toots doing Rainbow Connection. I said, fast forward, goodbye. Yeah, thank God they didn't uh, play the whole song. It was just like I know. a verse and a chorus. That was it. No offense to the Waffle Toots, but uh, I hate to be the person to admit that I have never liked the song Rainbow Connection. So. It just doesn't hit the same when it's not Kermit singing it. I'm sorry. It's not the same. Like, and I just... Other people have done covers of the songs. Some of those people are on the show as well. And every time I'm just like, I don't care. But doop. Would that person happen to play a ukulele while they cover it? Is that who I'm thinking of? Oh, yeah. Actually, it's Darren. Oh. I didn't know he covered that. Sure has. And every time I'm like, I just, you're not a fucking frog, dude. Like, boop, boop. <laughs> um, so then the Hoosier Daddies come out, which, again, incredible name. And maybe we need to do a poll of the best uh show choir glee names i love that because there's been some really good ones they're really excellent so they do clarity and wings which are not from the same group but sound like they should be yeah clarity is zed featuring foxes and wings as little mix couldn't tell you anything about either of those people like we said before, Jessica Sanchez plays Frida Romero, who is the lead vocalist, and she was the runner-up on the 11th season of American Idol. And that is really all I have about that, because I have only ever watched the first season of American Idol. And I think that is the only valid season of American Idol, because Kelly Clarkson. Um, and this may be a popular opinion, maybe unpopular. You'll have to tell me if you agree, but I really think Hoosier Daddies wiped the floor <laughs> with the new directions. Oh. 100 percent they were so much better they were really good like the songs were much more dynamic and um vocally pleasing like i don't mm-hmm. care is not that you're just yelling like it's just a yelling song isn't that kind of the point of that song is like yeah you're yelling at someone for being a shithead like, yeah, just like you, you know you put all your windows down and you scream to the song like you don't sing it yeah. as a vocal performance Mm-mm. which like why did they pick it oh right to sell records exactly exactly i feel like who's your daddy's yeah. had way better choreography um mm-hmm. way better songs performance like every single it's like vocal adrenaline every single member was an amazing dancer yeah and then you go to the new directions and they're like step touching and shit come on oh they were so good <laughs> they, were so they good. definitely won I don't know why they do this in every fucking – the only competition that the New Directions won that I felt like they actually deserved to win was when they won Nationals the first time. And it was mm. close. But I think okay. Paradise by the Dashboard like genuinely was better than Pinball Wizard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel that. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah I think – um, that it's always been questionable. Justice for Hoosier Daddies. Yeah. Uh, the Waffle Toots are maybe like sixth place. I feel like maybe there were performances we didn't even see who did better than the Waffle Toots. Yeah, remember the old people who did the living years? Um, oh, they were so cute. I think they would have, yeah. Yeah. What were they called? Um, I don't even remember. Wait, I can find this. They were called, oh shit, the hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> of course they were. Yeah, they were really good. I liked them. So... In between the performances is when we get the conversations with Ryder telling the the Glee Club he's going to leave after regionals and Brittany having her spiel and that the Glee Club really helped her believe in in herself and that she was actually really smart. So there was a nice emotional break before everyone then has to get out and perform because that's the right time to do that. Yeah, let's just cry off all our makeup and then get on stage. It's fine. Nice and snotty and stuffed up before you have to go sing. Yeah. (laughs) So once again, they did 
three songs when no one else does. They've got Hall of Fame, which we said was kind of on theme. Uh, I Love It, which is not at all on theme. And then All or Nothing, which does have the word dream in it. (laughs) So it's potentially on theme. I did write down that I thought that in another context, I Love It could have been a good Trouble Tone song. Yes, I I did um, note that it was like basically a girl song. Like the boys were kind of in it, but it was mostly like a girl song. And that is a show choir thing to have like a girl song and a guy song where Mm, only the girls are on stage and then only the guys are on stage. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I did. I I totally, I didn't even think about the trouble tones, but you're absolutely right. Like, yeah. I could have, I would have been, I would have been into that. The choreography was very reminiscent of the other Trouble Tones uh, songs. Totally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So to me, that was kind of an homage, but they didn't bring all the extra like girls in. So it wasn't like actually Trouble Tones because they, yeah, usually like the cheerleaders come in, but it was an homage for sure. And that, and I liked it. I feel like maybe the the cheerleaders were performing with the Hoosier daddies. (laughs) Yeah, literally. They were so good. Yeah. They were uh, popping. I don't know. (laughs) They were just really clean and just like really showmanship. Like there was that one guy who was at the front and I was like, oh my God, he's amazing. They had the facial expressions and the sass and the, yeah. They were into it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because it's Glee, the New Directions won regionals. Hooray. Do you think they ever get tired of the onstage exciting reaction shots? Um. I'm going to say yes. I was like, this one wasn't as uh, heartfelt as some of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't, you didn't think they were really selling the, the yay. Right. Um, it, uh, um, but I did yep. feel like Kevin McHale really sold the reaction. Like, holding mm-hmm. his head. that was, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, they did like that silent thing where you just see their reactions and then it plays like the, the tinkle piano glee music. No. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you see the reaction, but you don't hear like, yay. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, feel it in your chest instead. Exactly, you get emotional. But more emotionally, afterwards, when the stage is empty, Brittany is there. And then Santana approaches her and they leave together. Which I think was very sweet. Although I liked it. If Brittany's leaving the show, then they can't actually be together because Santana's going to stay on the show. Yes, but <laughs> sh- I guess it's just showing that they still love and care about each other, which is great. I suppose Massachusetts is not that far away from New York, right? That's true. I guess. So the Lima Express now goes between Massachusetts and NYC? Yeah. uh, Who knows? Who knows? The next emotional bit is that Emma brings a priest to the choir room after regionals because we are in for a surprise Wemma wedding. No music, no family, no fanfare, just um, a bunch of teenagers at their wedding. Yeah, she was like, we want to be surrounded by people we love. And I was like, you don't invite a single family member? (laughs) Parents are gender supremacists. And I was like, oh, yeah, I probably wouldn't invite them either. I was going to say, like, to be fair, her parents are garbage. (laughs) Exactly. I literally went through that whole (laughs) thought process where I was like, oh, you know what? This is actually the best case scenario. Never mind. Yeah. Like, "Eh, you know, it's fine. Other than do you want to get married in a room of sweaty teenagers literally <laughs> like surrounded in a circle of like just off the stage sweaty teenagers in, I don't like know. a dressing room basically <laughs> yeah the sweaty choir room where a lot of weird shit has gone down over the years couldn't they at least have like gone to the auditorium or something uh, right okay for all of the backdrops that they develop last minute for their closing numbers yeah they could have like thrown together 
a, a wedding backdrop in two seconds. They could have put up uh, some nice lighting. Um, whatever. That's where she wanted it to be, I guess. It's what she wanted. I guess Will didn't think to write some vows, but Emma got to have a little speech that I hated, so I didn't even take any notes on it, because like, as soon as anyone calls Will Schuster their hero, I check out. Gross. I was like, bleh. <laughs> bleh. And she said something about, like, you make me feel clean. I was like, bleh. I know. She was like, whenever, you know, the first time we met, you, like, got something sticky off my shoe, and, like, whenever my head feels sticky, you, like, make me feel clean. And I was like, oh, I yeah. don't like that. Like, bleh, I don't, you. <laughs> That's going to be a no from me. But most importantly, Blaine is looking at Kurt during the wedding while holding a ring box behind his back. Dun, dun, dun. That is not only the end of the episode, it is how season four ends. Is Blaine holding an engagement ring as the camera slowly pans out of the choir room. Setting us up for season five. Yes. It's going to be all about the claim, baby. All about that claim. About that claim. No Finchel. Mm. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, no. Well, he, oh. Yeah. Well. Yep. Mm. Well, we'll get to that. That's going to be sad. Thanks for bringing it down. I'm sorry. Um, You know, it wasn't what they planned, but it's what they ended up with. It is. So any, like, overall season four thoughts now that we're, like, six hours into this episode? <laughs> I know. I didn't. I really didn't think we'd have much to say about this episode, and I didn't say it out loud because then you, you know, you curse it if you're like, "Ah, oh, this will be short. true," and then it was still long anyway. So next time, don't even think it. Be it's a bad idea. <laughs> um, I'll say season four was awkward at times. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to say growing pains, but I guess it's more like changing pains. Like trying to figure out, I guess, growing in some ways. Like trying to figure out what to do when they've had the bulk of their main cast move on from the high school that they the show has been set in for three seasons and mm. not everything worked um some things worked better than others i will say that i think new york was a good addition like mm-hmm. i do think that i want to see these characters grow and succeed and pass like beyond the choir room but I don't know if ultimately just bringing everyone back to Lima over and over worked. Like, yeah, I think that I really would have enjoyed if they'd planned a little bit more and done a time jump and mm. Marley and all of them could still be the newbies and maybe like Brittany or Sugar or someone is still there as like a joke because they just like never graduated. I don't know who it was, <laughs> but like, you know, Jacob mm-hmm. is real someone, some side character could like still be there as a joke. Or maybe some of them have been teachers now, like they're student teaching or whatever, you know? So like, mm-hmm. fine, keep it at McKinley if that's like your whole shtick about the show. But like, I really think it would have been nice if they had done maybe a time jump and then had, yeah, just had a little bit more cohesion instead of just right. being like, oh, everybody's back in Lima random times for random reasons. Like I mm-hmm. feel like it they would have done the characters more justice if they'd been a little bit more thoughtful about where everybody was and why and didn't just fall back on the crutch of them like just showing back up at McKinley randomly. Yeah, it's like they really couldn't commit to the break. Right. Like we really we we want to go to New York and we want them to grow up, but we really don't trust the audience to stay with us in Lima without our legacy characters. Exactly. And did we I feel like I am going to go crazy at some point because sometimes there's long gaps between episodes. But like, did we talk about our ideas for 
how the show could have gone where it was like Glee New York and Glee like it just was its own thing. The spinoff. Yeah, we've talked about the, the spinoff, spin-off yeah. I think before. Um and I and I see both sides of it. Like I see why they didn't go for it. I think it would be a big gamble. Mm-hmm. Um but I also think that there was so much storyline that could have happened especially with having new newbies. Um well, I guess they're not new newbies, they're just newbies. The new newbies are in season 6. Um mm-hmm especially with having newbies like they're just turned into so many characters and so much storyline i do think they would have benefited from two hours of show right and if it had to be two different shows to make that happen then sure Mm -hmm. um but uh, yeah which is then like in uh, yeah it's like in hindsight because now these like extended and connected universes i can't stand because i don't want to have to watch two shows to get the whole (laughs) i know they did it with the cw like superhero shows and um Mm -mm. the seattle like Grey's anatomy and station 19 and all of those do Mm -hmm. that as well yeah yeah like if you make me have to watch two shows to get one storyline i'm not gonna watch either one right so it's like because i yeah i mean just Seeing how Ryan Murphy is as a showrunner, not that he was the showrunner for Glee at this point, but mm-hmm. I guess just looking at how Glee was run and written, I don't think they could have handled two shows. I think they were no, correct so. in that they didn't have the like resources and infrastructure to support two shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think the the not committing to a hundred percent to New York or a hundred percent to Lima really hurt both. Yeah, which is sad. Because I do think there was yeah. a lot of potential. Like even these newbies, like there was some character development. Like I felt <laughs> like Puck and um, Kitty specifically, well, Jake Puckerman, um, Jake and Kitty specifically had a lot of growth throughout the season. Um, yeah. The other ones grew to some extent, but not as much. And I feel like they were, they were interesting and I would have liked to seen more of them. I just felt like the lack of planning really did the whole show an injustice mm-hmm. from this point on, especially. Yeah. So yeah. It's sad. It's like too big of a cast now. No, and they have so much talent and they just they do have a lot know of how to handle it. They didn't know. I really wish they would have either done an intentional time jump or just kept them in high school forever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Just like every every year is senior year. Yeah. Like whatever. Just okay. they did this time dilation shit right now. They they should have done that last season. Right. When when you had all these characters that everybody loved so much and we didn't get enough time with all of them. Like yeah. if we had had more time for senior year for Quinn and Finn and yeah. Rachel and everybody, I think that would have been a better use of this extra time. Mm-hmm. And so now that they've done like, you know, part New York and part Lima, it's not even 50-50. Now next season, they're going to do half a season 50-50 and then the other half of the season is going to be all New York. And it's just like- they didn't know what they wanted and they were just making it up. It's like just really how it feels. It does. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame. It is a shame. And it made people who were so fucking dedicated and in love with the show fall out of love with it. And that's really hard to do to piss off your fans to that extent. It is. Like to, to that extent. And a little, yeah. You know, but like to make them like completely unplug and walk away. Damn. And they were, it was an incredibly dedicated fan base. Yeah. So basically, like, this was Game of Thrones shit before Game of Thrones was Game of Thrones. It was. And it was a very different world in 2013, 14 yeah. of what social media was available, what, how things were processed. Like, you know, we weren't discoursing. <laughs> like, people weren't having the same kind of Twitter fights. They were different kind of Twitter fights. Uh, TikTok was not around. Was it right? TikTok wasn't around yet, 2013, nope. 14? No. Nope. 
uh, still Vine, Rip Vine. Yeah, it was just a different world, which I think was a better world then. Um, yeah, it was nicer. But it also, because um, the kind of fan interactions that you had were, I think, longer and maybe more contained, you knew people in your fandom longer and you stayed with people longer. And I think that led to maybe different types of fandom groups for better or worse, right? You kind of get maybe a little insular in your fandom groups for better or worse. Because right now, if you say something in a fandom, it can travel into places where it doesn't need to be. Right. Which can be a problem. Because if you post an opinion about something in a particular fandom, it ends up in a space where it doesn't make any sense and then it gets ripped apart because it's living in a space where it has no context. And I don't think that really happened for Glee, which is probably for the best. Because mm -hmm. if you're talking about the things that happened and were said about Kurt and you're using the nicknames that were said about him, you could you could end up in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Little doe face boy, like mm. uh. Burt Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was a weird time, but it was a good time, I think. Yeah. It, but I think it was, it, it, it's like, what what, what, do you, what do we say now? Fumbled the bag? <laughs> yeah. Like, they really, they really fumbled a really great experience for people. It's all about wasted potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's easy to blame them because they're the ones who did it without, were there studio pressures? Were there network pressures? Is it just a matter of having all these characters and thinking, that something that sounds really good on paper doesn't translate on screen? Um, are there things going on behind the scenes that you just can't know about as a viewer? I don't listen to the the Kevin and Jenna podcast, and I don't think that they would tell anyone anything truly groundbreaking or salacious. So No. And I don't know that, that they would be privy to anything. If Like, if you could go up to them and be like, so why did the show start sucking? <laughs> you know, like, what are they, they going to say? Well, the network executive, Kevin Feig, decided that uh, two gay characters were too many. Like, they're not. And I don't think it was one thing. I think it was a combination of things. Right. But those are the kind of answers I want. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, we'll never actually know. I think we have a pretty mm -hmm. good understanding just because of, like, where we come from. But I think that, like, like <laughs> go up to them, like, how do you really think about it splitting between Lima and uh, New York? And whose decision was that? And why was it so weird? Yeah. I think that, like... It was death by a thousand cuts in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, it just, all the things we've mentioned this episode, like characterization choices that pissed people off, um, not committing between Lima and New York in a way that made both suffer, um, having forgettable song choices and forgettable storylines. Mm. Um, also picking songs based off of potential yes. record spins and not yep. plot moments. A hundred percent. And that got really frustrating, especially later in the seasons. Yeah. And I think it just really added up to and then broke the camel's back type of thing. I think everybody had a different point that they actually tapped out um, mm -hmm. and didn't watch the rest. And yeah, you know, um, it's sad. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, this season before we got into season four, we were like, oh, it'll be fun to watch it like without the clay goggles because we really were like so focused on, mm -hmm. you know, our love of that relationship that we didn't really pay attention to. You know, everything else was like an inconvenience. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think my kind of thing for season five is going to be to be open minded mm, okay, and try just, you know, take it for what it is and maybe not try to measure it against what it was. 
which is like not going to be possible. But, you know, to like give the space to like have fun with it. Because mm-hmm. I do think there are people out there who do genuinely still love seasons five and six of Glee. And I think it's because okay. they're just like, whatever, it's fun. The songs are fun. I like these characters. I like these actors. Yeah. Whatever. It's a good time. So I don't know what I want out of season five. Some of it I just don't remember at all. So I'm like, what did happen in this show? But you're right, coming at it with an open mind, because I mean, we are exceptionally critical of a lot of the show because we loved it. Yeah. And then we didn't. And that's a hard space to live in sometimes. So yeah, I guess approaching it with giving it space to breathe. Yeah. Just practicing accepting it for what it is. (laughs) Practicing practicing space, practicing um there's another word that I'm trying to think of. Open heartedness. But I'm petty. Yeah. How can I <laughs> I mean, I'm still gonna be definitely thinking what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do I do remember some of the things from this season, like I know Adam Lambert and Demi Lovato and like, you know, these you know, there's gonna be new characters and new plots and like Kurt's gonna have different storylines because he's now at Miata and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, just trying to mm-hmm. not prejudge, <laughs> not prejudge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. We can, we can try that. We can attempt. Yeah, we'll attempts will be made. We make no promises, but attempts will be made. All right. Well, what was your favorite song of this episode? Um, I did not come prepared for this question. Why didn't I come prepared? It wasn't Rainbow Connection. <laughs> I really think it was – what's the first song, Who's Your Daddy's Did? Clarity. That one was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think the performance plus the song were the best of the – Honestly, team. same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do like To Love You More as a song, but I think Clarity's pizzazz really takes it. Yeah. Takes the cake. Yeah. Um, are there any lines that stand out for you? Um, I liked when Brittany was having Shoe and Sue on her fondue for two. She said, tonight's guests are two sworn enemies who became friends, then became enemies again, <laughs> then became friends again, then enemies, and then everybody stopped caring. And I was like, wow, that's what you missed on Glee. That's what you missed on Glee. Yeah. She summed the entire show up in 15 seconds. Yep. What about you? Honestly, I mean, I, it barely counts as a line, but I for some reason really loved or I at least laughed at Sam like whispering to Blaine you do want to do me yes I knew that was a good one I was just thinking of that one too because I so hated Blaine's crush on Sam but I love that the show remembers that it happened yep and there was a lot between Blaine and Sam's storyline in this episode that were callbacks to other episodes because someone in the writer's room remembered that something happened yeah and as much as we ragged on them this podcast episode, those fuckers remembered the show. Yeah. And so props to them for remembering the other things that they did in this in this show. Yeah. Because that does not always happen. It didn't feel much like a finale just because there were so many storylines that were still mm-hmm. like halfway through. But I did – that's true. Like there was some continuity and some closure mm-hmm. that did feel more like – a finale. Yeah. So props to the writers. Uh, what was that thing that you liked? Um, hmm. Uh, that thing I liked was Santana. I missed her. And mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, she's like changing her shirt and she's calling Sam white chocolate. And it was just like, 
all the things I love about Santana. I was like, she's beautiful. She's hilarious. She's snarky. And she really cares about her people, especially Brittany. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just missed her. And uh, she's blonde, question mark, which was fun. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. She fills a great role of the like somewhat closed off, kind of cold, kind of mean, but in the end is someone who absolutely goes to the mat for the people she loves. That's right. I love those characters. Me too. Like hard on the outside, squishy on the inside. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfection. I love it. What was that thing you like? I I love Patty Duke. Yes. <laughs> it kind of sucks when you bring in such a fun character who's only going to be around for an episode or two, but like, I love it. I love them so much. So good. So sweet. Give them, give them a mentor because sometimes all they have are Bert. Uh, so it's nice that they have another adult in their life who's looking out for them. Even if she's like pushing, don't get married at 18, but like at least she's got a big heart. Right. Potentially for the last time, we'll see the um, the um, Kevin McScale. Oh, well, he's got some storylines next season. Well, I just mean like if we're going to keep the Kevin McScale or not. Oh, we had to we have to decide like how are we going to end episodes for the next season? Like are we going to switch it up? Are we going to keep it the same? You're right. Um okay, so Kevin McScale, a one? A one. He didn't do a lot. No, but he, you know, he had the moment with the trophy and, you know, silently. They reminded <laughs> us that he took Britney's no, Britney took his virginity. Mm-hmm. Um and he had like a line or two maybe but not is, is that worth a two it. for him though considering okay a two okay i can i can hit a two can go with the two go out on a <laughs> on a medium a high but on a medium exactly uh and then our claim decks oh man is it the pain decks are we talking about the pain because no pain this this episode um the pain decks is a zero pain decks is a zero a happy zero yeah our, our pain decks is a zero claim decks i mean gotta be at eight i mean a lot of it was like not them together it was more blaine talking about proposing to kurt and there was no song no kiss mm. but he did buy an engagement he ring bought an engagement ring exactly and they did go on a double date so eight mm-hmm. i'm gonna say eight on the kleenex well he went on a date kurt didn't oh yeah kurt was like we're not a couple <laughs> it's so you can be on a date and not be a couple it's fine yeah blaine was on a date kurt went out to dinner <laughs> So, you know, oh, our sweet boys. Okay. Yes. Do you think an eight or a I think an eight's good? Okay. But, mm, a seven because there was. Mm. You could dock a point. I could see docking a point. Okay. Okay. We'll give him a seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Any final words before we wrap up season four of Glee on the Rocks? Dang. Dang. Shit's crazy. Dang. That's, that's my final words. Shit's crazy. It's crazy that we've come so far. It's crazy yep. that the strike is over. It's crazy that we're moving on to season five. Um, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I'm happy to be on this ride with you and all of our, yes, our fandom friends who are still here, who are still here, yeah. logging through with us. Still, still riding the Glee train. What ten, eleven, <laughs> more than ten years? So many years later. So many years later, because uh, like us, you are still stuck, invested in this insane show yep because that's what we do unfortunately we're we're here on this um on this little show and we're excited that you're still here with us so thanks if you want to find us on the internet you probably know now where to do that fandom on the rocks um and if you want to catch up on all of our bonus content you can do that at patreon at patreon.com slash fandom on the rocks and you can also subscribe to that same bonus content on apple podcasts 
and that's the same spiel that you've probably heard a million times by now but we still give it and we love you and thanks for listening and we will catch you on season five season five holy shit you've been listening to glee on the rocks a fandom on the rocks podcast a huge thank you to our sound editor adriana for more episodes subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and anywhere else on the internet at Fandom on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash fandom on the rock. Subscribers get ad-free content, exclusive bonus episodes, deep diving into Glee, our favorite fandoms, random updates, and so much more. So until next time, that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs>